Back to the Ticket Water Cooler. Brought to you by Culligan of Lincoln. On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. This is the Ticket Water Cooler here on 93.7 The Ticket. I'm Jake Bachman. He is Nick Sanders. And uh, we are, we'll be along with you all week. We kind of combined our two shows as our co-hosts are out. So uh, we'll continue that throughout the week. And, but we won't stop our tradition here at the Ticket Water Cooler of bringing Brian Munson of On3 Sports with us every Tuesday. Brian, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing good, guys. How about yourself? Oh, not too bad. Every, of course, just itching a little bit more for football day in and day out as it gets a little bit closer. Um, I was kind of surprised to see um, Brandon Moore uh, join the team so late for Nebraska. Uh, it's hard to even understand kind of what's going on there. Could Can a guy that, that joins that late help? And what's kind of the story behind Brandon Moore there? Yeah, you know, that, and it is an interesting story. I mean, kind of track it back a little bit. Obviously, he's familiar with uh, Scott Frost and his staff going back to some Central Florida days. Um, but then had suffered a leg injury, a knee injury, I believe, and actually had uh, transferred out of UCF and gone to Florida State. And it looks like he got another kind of waiver of some sort to allow him to transfer again. And then he's able to, to hop back out again out of another D1 school and go and go to Nebraska. Now he's, he's in Lincoln as a walk-on. It's not a, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's, it's interesting because of the timing that you mentioned, but it's also interesting because Nebraska has added so many guys back there to the secondary. But I think that they're so interested this year in kind of keeping guys fresh and rotating guys it's just going to be really interesting because a lot of people, you know, try to keep that up tempo game and then they and they don't substitute off, so you can't do defensive substitutions. So it's it's going to get really interesting to see how much of this, you know, preparedness to have a few extra guys uh, available is is even valuable because they won't they won't have any type of uh, offensive substitution to that drives or allows defensive substitution. So it's. Look, I think that there's going to be, obviously, he's a known commodity to, to some extent. And uh, Travis Fisher's obviously going to be very familiar with him. I saw the big uh, interception return against uh, Joe Burrow and LSU uh, that he pulled off, which was which was great to watch. But um, it's it's going to be interesting to see what kind of role he plays, you know, on that team this fall. I was going to say, Brian, I, it's Nick, by the way. Nate is not here. So um, hope you're doing well, man. So Brandon Moore... Like, I'm curious what kind of, like you said, what kind of role he'll play. Do you possibly see it maybe becoming, turning into like a G, a grad assistant gig by next season? Like, we've seen Scott Frost do it with some of his former players, like Keenan Lowe was on the staff last year, I know. Um, sure. Like, is, is this a possibility to where, I mean, this guy's been in college since I think I read 2016. So I mean, is this a possibility where he just maybe is is more on on the in in kind of a, a depth role this he, year and then turns he, into a grad assistant? He must have read my book because he's been in college about as long as I did. Um, <laughs> but but no, I I don't know. It, it's going to be interesting what the what the uh, what the value add is here for the, for mm-hmm. the for the team and for the coaches, but. I'm sure, look, I think there's a kind of an easy way to kind of split what's going on in any room. You have the experienced and you have the inexperienced. And he's obviously an experienced guy. He's, he's seen it. He's played against LSU. He's played against other, other D1 uh, opponents. And there's some guys that are there that are very talented in the room that just don't have that type of experience yet. So I think that you, you can kind of lean on those guys to help 
bring the other players forward. So if there's a mentoring, you know, kind of role that, that you could see there, somebody that could, that could potentially add some value in the special teams, a guy that you can kind of carve out another role where, you know, he is working into some sort of a, a rotation in some certain spots. I, I think that those are, those are some good things. As far as the GA is concerned, I mean, it's a little bit too far down the road. I mean, he's, he obviously has a desire to, to walk in there and, and try to help out the team. So I think that that's uh, that could be something that Nebraska, that Nebraska and Scott Frost are interested in, in taking a look at here in, in, the, in the next year or so. But I think right now in the fall, I think he's trying to find a role to, uh, to a way to get on the field and play a role for Nebraska in the fall. Hmm. Uh, the other uh, kind of interesting note uh, the other day was from the fact that it, it, all rumors, all indications are that ESPN will no longer be broadcasting Big, T- Big Ten games after yeah. this year, as they seem to be moving toward kind of a package deal between Fox, CBS, and NBC. Um, Kind of breaking that down, how do you feel about that that moving forward? Is that is that could potentially be a loss for Nebraska not playing on ESPN? Or, you know, I know you're close to recruits. Is that is that carry the same weight as it did maybe ten years ago? ESPN's brand. I you know I that's such a great angle and, and a great way of looking at it. Um, that question I think it's kind of yet to be seen. I think um, with the day and age of everybody with what they what they're doing with their solutions of kind of you know, cutting the cord and, and people pulling together their own systems, whether it's Philo uh, uh, or Hulu or whatever other kind of over-the-top kind of, kind of streaming services they're out there getting. I think typically the channels that are that are being mentioned and thrown around are ones that are generally available um, and even probably are on, on like the general cable. So I think I think in, in terms of like the substitution, I, I, I don't know necessarily if there's going to be that big of a deal. I was kind of surprised with how large the number was. Um, mm. It's it's a significant jump, uh, and I think that you know it kind of gets into to playing back to where you know you start talking about the evaluation that was that was kind of given to USC and UCLA, where they thought it was around a hundred million dollars a year potentially. It's just it's just outrageous, and, and and some of those channels obviously that are that are being mentioned right there. I uh, couldn't remember the last time I'd seen Nebraska play on those stations. So yeah. it, it, it's going to get, it's going to be very interesting. I think for Nebraska fans, because you had so few channels where Nebraska could be at any one on any one weekend. And now you've got a few more that you have to consider and other ones that you've probably not seen Nebraska play on in quite some time. But right, it also might be the last year. We'll see how, how all, all things change, but if, if, of the big 10 West division list football seems to be the future of college football. But as you break down the big 10 West, I don't know how much of a chance you've had to look at these teams, but um, is there a team that stands out to you as the favorite? I know Wisconsin was the lone ranked team in the big 10 West as far as the preseason coaches poll, but you've got what, four teams with nine plus wins last year yeah right i mean you've got you've got some real talent over there and and obviously there's some those are the teams that nebraska wants to be able to to play against and and beat i mean the the iowa's the the michigan the michigan states i mean excuse me the the wisconsin's and and uh in minnesota's i went the other way i meant i meant to go uh, minnesota and wisconsin (laughs) um those are those are the programs that Nebraska struggled to beat. And those are the teams that they have to beat regularly to find their way into any type of, you know, big 10 consideration. So um, it's, it's a challenge, I think, to kind of sit there and, and say, I I think I'd give the edge, obviously at this point right now to the Badgers to, to walk out of the West. 
but I think I think there's potential there for some things to be up up for grabs. Um, I I know that there's some people that that are excited about things that are that are happening there in Lincoln and the identity that's coming around, is particularly around the, the run game that that seems to be finally kind of taking shape. You know, since Coach Whipple would come to town, so I I think that there's the West is winnable. I don't think Wisconsin is like the Ohio State of the East. Um, I don't think that that's the case at all. Um, and I think that whenever you have those opportunities, you have to take advantage. So the West has been basically winnable, I think, every single year that Nebraska has been in the Big Ten. Um, it's just been a matter of not being able to kind of pull it all off and put it together. Well, and you mentioned the running game uh, maybe getting going, and, and, and obviously Donovan Riola would be playing a big factor in yep. that. You feel like you got a good stable of backs. Um, do you feel like that could be this team's identity? A lot of people, when they see Whipple, you kind of think more of a passing game. But, um, it, you know, again, kind of the, the reports you're hearing is that the running game is going pretty well in, in fall camp so far. Well, and I think that the part you brought up with, with Rayola is interesting because you've got to have that, that presence, that physical presence up front. So that means if Nebraska is able to establish a run, um, that they've got to have an offensive line that, that's, a, that's capable of kind of opening some things up so the running game can kind of get going behind it. So that's that in itself right there has got to be exciting for some people to hear. But, you know, you see Prohaska back out there again. You hear about some of the players that are rotating in at other spots. You hear about Ben Hart looking good. You know, we had we had it today on, on chat with Steve Sipple that, you know, he thought that, that Bryce Benhart has been looking and what, from what he can what he can hear about him has been playing very well. So that that's been obviously that's that's huge. That's a that's a player right there that you weren't sure how how he was going to kind of fit in there, and all of a sudden now it's he's having a great fall and and you get uh, obviously Corcoran you get some other guys back and some rotation happening and if you can develop some depth and you get you get some attitude up front and you can build some consistency and lean on some guys that the the offensive identity has to be centered around be able to run the football and then you then you take what you what you get when you start loading the box it it really is difficult i think to kind of do it the other way around when it comes to big 10 football i just don't feel like that's the way that you can go out there and kind of be successful you you've got to be able to run the football and be physical and then have the, the ability to go ahead and air it out when when the right circumstances are out there the the down in the distance and the field position and all that good stuff always into it. Uh, Brian Munson of On3 Sport, our usual Tuesday guest here, joining us on the Ticket Water Cooler. Before we let you go, you know we have to ask you about recruiting. And if Nate was here, uh, he'd have a particular recruit he wants to give you an update on. <laughs> let me see. That would be, oh, yeah, Malachi Coleman. Um, so Malachi, Malachi mentioned, you know, he, he announced his top seven, which were off the top of my head, OU, Ole Miss, Michigan, Nebraska, USC, uh, Georgia, and I'm missing somebody in there. I think. Um, but what what I was gonna what I was gonna say was, th- despite the top seven, uh, I still feel really good about things for Nebraska. He's only taken one official visit. It was only to the only to go, to go see Lincoln. He did not go to take his official visit to Michigan. He's got a couple official visits set up in September. Um, so when you're making that kind of announcement, you know, based on one official visit would happen to be to the home state school. Um, I think things look really, really, really good for Malachi. And I think it's all uh, obviously a good sign as well, or, or helps Nebraska because I would have said, Oh, you might be running number two. 
And with the resignation of Gundy yesterday, mm-hmm. that probably could help Nebraska's chances out even a little bit more to make sure that, of course, he gets in the boat. Brian, I, I got to ask you one recruiting question here. Obviously, Ashley Williams Jr. or Ashley Williams was a recruit, then decommitted, went to Auburn. As kind of, it, it looked like it was heading that way, and and as to no surprise, he ended up committing to Auburn. Now it's it seems like all eyes at that outside linebacker position are, are pointed to Cameron Lenhart. I mean, was there any smoke there? When when can Nebraska fans maybe expect uh, Lenhart's decision, the outside linebacker from IMG? I think that Cameron's interested in, in what he's told me before is that something's going to happen before the start of his season. I think nice. they play a week zero game, which is going to be, I think, next week, yeah. uh, believe mm. it or not. So we're talking about high school football next week. I know there's a, what, there's Bellevue West Creighton Prep too next week. Yeah. That's a huge one. August 19th. So then yeah. I think, yeah, and so I think you got that next week. I think you got IMG on television next week. And I, I would probably expect something happening with, with Cameron Lenhart there in like the next week and a half or so, I don't think he wants to kind of, he's look, he's going to be a defensive captain for IMG. I don't think he wants this thing to spill over. Wow. He wants to get focused and he wants to go ahead and pay attention to trying to win a national, a national title, mythical national title for the high schools. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's going to, that's probably relatively t- the good time frame in the next couple of weeks. He's Brian Munson of on three sports. Once again, Brian, thanks for joining us here on a Tuesday. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you. All right, there he goes, Brian Munson of On3 Sports. We'll take a quick break, and we'll be back here on the Ticket Water Cooler for the crossover. Yes, that's right. The Husker Hall of Famer, longtime NBA vet Eric Strickland is in the building in the room. So we'll be back with him next year on the Ticket Water Cooler on 93.7 The Ticket.